All right. Well, welcome back, guys. This is East Coast Adventures. I'm David. And I'm Matt. We've got a special guest here today, Josh Laker. He ran the Dirt Circuit. Matt, if you want to talk a little bit about what Josh did at Dirt Circuit. Well, uh, Josh came up to the Dirt Circuit in uh, Morristown at Panther Creek State Park, and I think he had a pretty big goal of, what, 130 in yep. 24 hours, and uh, he came very close to reaching that goal. Um, I think it was, what, 121.8, something around there. Um, so he, he had a very good performance and uh, actually broke the course record and yes. uh, won it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So Josh actually uh, finished first place overall for the 24-hour, yep. um, got a belt buckle, set the course record. And, uh, you know, Josh is someone he's a pretty pretty distinguished runner. He's uh, done multiple backyard ultras. He's actually won uh what two backyard ultras now uh yes yeah so kentucky last old standing in ohio backyard ultra yeah. uh the ohio backyard ultra he recently won that was this year um, but you're also a running coach too correct uh i am yeah i've been coaching since 2016 like officially i guess cool. that's awesome well i tell you what if you don't mind let's talk just a little bit about the dirt circuit and your training leading up to that uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about that and also, you know, how Dirt Circuit went, because one of the things, guys, that you didn't see, like when you look at Josh's stats, is also his crew chief. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah. is absolutely amazing. So uh, between them, they are just uh, a force to be reckoned with. So I'll let Josh talk just a little bit about training and the race, and then we'll ask him some questions. Yeah, I mean, I have to, uh, I have to start with her, like Jess being, um, you know, being my crew, my wife being my crew. She's been at three, four backyard ultras with me, uh, and so this is my first twenty-four hour race. But she, she just dials it in. She knows, you know, the expectations that I have, and so um, she kind of just knows what to do when I'm there to get me in and get me out, or. You know, uh, we may battle back and forth on a few things uh, here and there, but she always wins uh, during a race because she, she knows what the what to do. Uh, but the race went really well for me. Uh, training leading up to the race, I always like to give myself, no matter where I am, uh, it, like with my base, I like to give myself a good four months to train for any race. I'm not a heavy racer, maybe uh, two, two races a, a year is what I do. So I did OBU in march and recovered from that typically don't train during the summer because it's just hot and i don't do well with it uh, the goal when i started this year was ultimately to get into bigs and i was hoping to go far enough at ohio's backyard ultra to do that uh, unfortunately i didn't get far enough uh 220 if you think about it truly believe you're going to be there soon yeah uh, it's it's, I hope so, but it's hard, it's hard to believe that 220, you know, isn't enough. It's crazy if you think about that. Um, but, you know, so uh, it's not – it wasn't in the cards for 2023. Uh, initially had planned to do Dirt Circuit as the build-up to Biggs in, uh, you know, this month. Uh, but then I just made it my A race when I found out I wasn't going to get into Biggs. So uh, it's the first time I've done a 24-hour race. Uh did 100, you know, point to point 100 milers, done the OBU or done the backyard races. And to me, this is kind of a mix in between those two styles. Uh, Ohio's backyard ultra or backyard ultras, it's really all about minimizing effort and damage and going, slowing yourself down. Whereas opposed to a 24 hour race, 
it's ending in only 24 hours. And if you have a, a goal like I did coming into it, you get to push, you have to push the whole time. So did that change your training block then? You said you do four months and I know you were planning on bigs, but did you train differently knowing that you weren't going to get that break every hour? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the first, uh, what I guess it would be almost three months or maybe two and a half months, uh, would have probably been the same, right. Uh, do a high end intensity block really far away from, from any kind of ultra, if you have time. And then as you get closer, you start doing more specific type training and that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where if your race is a backyard ultra, it's going to look different than if your race is a mountainous hundred miler, it's going to look different. If it's a, you know, I wouldn't call your race flat by any means, but fairly flat, you know, 24 hour race. Well, it's definitely a a faster course though. You know, that's one of the things we were talking about when we took this race over. It's, it's, it's definitely a PR trail race, you know, just because there's not a lot of elevation, but I mean, you look so fresh coming in every lap. Me and Matt were actually talking about this earlier because it's Jess, you know, she was like, she was like a full fledged pit crew when you Mm -hmm. would come in. And like Matt said, when he would see you leave, like there was no walking, like you ran right out of the tent and got back at it, but it was like your regimen to go in that tent. She was, she was taking care of you. You were taking your nutrition and then boom, you were out. So, so in that way you did kind of treat it like a backyard ultra, but you just didn't take a very long break and you were just like, Exactly. Yeah. How long was those breaks in between each lap? Uh, probably on average. I mean, I did have some longer runs, longer breaks uh, later on because my nutrition plan had to change. Uh, yeah. But early on, like less than two minutes. Like I was literally getting in, like lubing up, changing out a water bottle. Uh, you know, I did take my shoes and socks off and clean the feet and relube the feet one time. Uh, I used the Theragun uh, here or there, but it was less than two minutes almost, almost every time during the day. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because, you know, I was, I was trying to be out there when everybody came in. And then when you hopped in the tent, it was like in there for maybe a minute, maybe two, and then you just pop right back out. And then yep. I did see, I think, you fixed your feet up one time and it was a little yep. longer, but I think for the most part, you're, you're right on one or two minutes. Well, and we also noticed that like you, you didn't take very much nutrition at all from the actual aid station. Like you had brought everything yourself. So is that something you typically do? Do you have like a specific nutrition block you're following for races or is it the same thing you're using when training? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, Yeah, typically, I mean, for backyards uh, and then this is again, that kind of in between where like really you should be self-sufficient, like using what's on the yeah. race course you can, but I've trained with tailwind tailwind typically does really good for me, uh, for, for most races. And then I also like had scratch, uh, bars and honey stinger waffles. And that was my main plan as, as, as well as like, we had real food in the tent. Like I had, we brought cooked chicken. We make these oat bars that we take to every, every race, you know, bananas, and then the normal kind of flair of uh, chips, pickles, you know, things like that. Bacon, always have to have bacon. Oh, yeah, bacon's a staple. So you're saying that, like, you shouldn't try something new on race day? No, that's, (laughs) uh, you know, unless, unless, uh, you know, 
the conditions force your hand, which I've been there. Like when I did OBU, my nutrition went horribly wrong early and we tried all kinds of things, but luckily I didn't have that problem here. My nutrition didn't go to plan totally, but we were able to course correct with some of the things that we had in the tent. Yeah. Well, you look solid all, all day. I mean, if you would have had stomach problems, I would have never have noticed because like every lap was coming in and I, and I don't know if you knew, but like by the middle of the day, people were coming up and they're like, this guy's killing it. The guy with the mustache. And then all of a sudden the guy, with the mustache, his nickname became Prefontaine. Yeah. And then you became pre, you know, and it was just funny. Cause like everybody at that point, like you had passed them so many times they were learning who you were, you know, and, and that was what was kind of cool. I mean, you got a hundred people you're running around and most of them knew who you were at that point. Oh yeah. Well, what was really cool about it too, is like every time that I would pass somebody or, or pass them again, you know, it was always great things to say to each other. Uh, so that was really cool. It was uplifting to, to hear a bunch of good things. Uh, and every time I, I would pass Micah, he would always give me a bunch of crap about, Oh, here's the second time. Oh, here's the third time. You know, so it was always a lot of fun. Yeah. So did you did you have any low moments? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did have some some stomach issues. It, it didn't get terribly hot, but it did get hot. If that makes any sense for for a runner, especially when you're pushing. Say when you're running the pace, you were. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So I did. Uh, I brought arm sleeves, and I was putting ice in my arm sleeves, probably for um, three hours in the middle of the day there, uh, and nutrition did well during the heat, but then right after it started to cool off my nutrition, my stomach kind of turned over a little bit. My mouth just, I couldn't eat any like dry foods. It turned into the Sahara desert. So even like the stinger waffles, I couldn't take a little bite and it was like, I was choking on the dust. You get uh, to that point you can't chew. Yeah. So we made a change from uh, taking, cause I would take tailwind one, one loop and then I would take something solid with me in the next loop. And I couldn't take something solid with me anymore. So we went straight to, uh, to ramen the rest of the day and the night. And so that's what made me spend a little bit more time in the tent because uh, I haven't really found a way to carry ramen on the run yet. Ziploc bag, baby. Yeah, put, yeah. put it in your bottle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it looks like it must have worked, though, because, uh, I mean, you were able to keep food in to keep running. I mean, you didn't yeah. look like you were getting too weak out there. No, no. I, my new, I never probably got below, you know, in a, I mean, we were always in a calorie deficit in any ultra, but I never got to the point to where I didn't have enough carbohydrates, for sure. I never felt like I was hitting a low. I think mentally, uh, I made some choices when right before it got dark and then during the night that I, I, I regret a little bit, uh, especially after seeing how well I ran the last two, two and a half hours. Yeah. You killed that last lap. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. What, what yeah. was your lap times? Um, so I was going everything. I was basing everything off of, of pace. So I wasn't really tracking my times per se. Uh, so uh, 11 minute mile would, was my goal for the overall pace for the entire entire race. That would have got me uh, just over 130. And I came into our 14 with like a 1045 average. And then it just started to slip little by little. Um, 
when it uh, when the night fell. And that was just probably mostly due to waiting on the ramen, trying to figure out how to. Yeah, take and it. I did have some conversations um, during the, with myself during during the run, like. Uh, I should, you know, cause you're still, you're still making that decision. Like, am I pushing too hard? Am I going to blow up? Am I going to make it 24 hours? And so mentally I was struggling with the idea. Do I need to slow down or do I keep pushing? And I think I did, you know, I made the decision to slow down a little bit, probably hour 15, 16, 17, something like that. And when in hindsight now I could have probably kept pushing. Did you take any kind of caffeine to, you know, yeah. boost you up or, okay. Yeah. What was that like? I, I start, well, I started the morning with, without as much coffee as I normally do. And I had the same problem at uh, OBU. And so I had a headache right from the beginning, but, um, I took a little bit of, um, caffeine in the form of like jelly beans and, uh, that did the trick. And then I didn't take it again until, um, probably close to midnight around that time. And at that point yeah. it was, we take, um, tablets, caffeine tablets. Yep. And I mean, it's like jet fuel, like, you, you know, after 30 minutes you feel it kick in and like, oh, it's yeah. amazing, you know? So that is something, uh, I definitely use at the Georgia jewel. A yeah. lot of them that, that worked <laughs> great. Yeah. 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 Well, it seems like you and Jess definitely have the routine down. And I mean, I think the backyard ultras have helped with that. Cause I mean, you've oh, yeah. set a, you've set a course record that's probably going to be hard for most people to beat. So I think that course record is going to, going to stay at the dirt circuit for a while. When did you realize that, you know, you weren't exactly going to make it to the one thirty? Was it uh, early? Hour, in the yeah. Hour 17. So that would have been what, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, I guess that would have been like eight or nine o'clock at night. Right. Um, nine or 10 at night. And I, I felt my laps, uh, started slipping. Like I could see what my average lap was. I would hit my lap button on the watch every loop. And so I was starting to hit like 1130s, uh, you know, 1140 for the average lap. And, uh, I was definitely stressing about it. Jess was doing her, her best to not, you know, keep me from thinking about my times and just, and just run. But, uh, when you're running, you know, 2.9 mile laps, it, you, you know, like you, that's all, really all you can kind of pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, real quick, if your pace is falling off. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not hitting certain, certain mile mark or land markers. And you're like, oh, I haven't made it here in this time. Yeah. You're dropping back. Yeah. Yeah. So now how long have you been coaching? Uh, I, um, as, as, as I guess Jason Coop would say, I put up my shingle, uh, in 2016, I started coaching in, in 2016, which, you know, I, I, I formally was educated. Um, I have some, you know, some school education, but my coaching education was uh, USATF track and field, USA track and field level one in 2014, I think it's, it was. And then I, you know, officially started coaching as a business in 2016. So did you did you start coaching because you were already a runner? Uh, oh or yeah, how yeah. You... So, so I got been... running. So I I grew up running, like in high school. Well, no, not in high school, but like in junior high and all that. I played. Uh, I did track and cross country. Um, I played basketball mostly in high school, and then I joined the military right out of high school. And uh, I'm in the Coast Guard, and 
moved to Hawaii and like my story of how I got back into running was uh, I was visiting my brother who 100. What's that? I said, I hope you're telling me you're running the hurt 100. No, no, no. <laughs> At that point, I see, I took it slow. I, I started running half marathons and marathon marathons at that time. But the, uh, I was sitting across from the table, uh, at a burger joint and someone was telling me how they just finished a marathon. And the, they gave me that stat, like less than 1% of, you know, the U S population finished a marathon. And, uh, that really just lit a fire. Uh, and I started running uh hired a coach for my first marathon training plan uh completed that it was the north shore marathon in hawaii and then really that's cool yeah it was cool um it it literally ran along the coast and then ran all the way back to where you started so it was uh it was a it was a neat race but um i really got into like the idea behind running how to get better and got my bachelor's in exercise science and then got my master's in human performance um, and then really like just kept trying to learn about you know running and uh, exercise science and how to get better so do you coach all runners or do you have a specific do you coach ultra runners or marathoners or do you just coach yeah. anybody that wants to yeah i mean i coach all types of runners uh, all ability levels i'm coaching um someone who's training for a 10k right now marathon all the way up to, you know, the ultra distances, but my niche yeah. is, is ultra marathons. Like that's who I speak to when I, when I talk on social media. Um, but you know, I, I think I definitely have the ability to coach all levels of runners, but, um, ultra marathon is my niche for sure. So when did you start the, uh, the kids cross country coaching? How did that come about? Uh, so we can blame Jess for that. She's, she's really <laughs> been my, uh, catalyst uh, to do things. So been in the military, still in the military, moved around nine times in 22 years. And we live in prospect Kentucky now and we're, I'm done. We're not moving again. Uh, finally get the feel feeling of like putting down roots and it, it, you know, moving every three or four years, you don't really feel like you can be part of a community, but I definitely feel like we are here. And that's a lot because of she doesn't let me say no. Uh, and, you know, so our kids were on the cross country team for the elementary school and we were like assisting coaching. And then, you know, word got out of kind of that I like to run and then I do some coaching and the next year I was the head coach. So that's how it works. Do they call yeah. you coach pre? <laughs> no, actually they <laughs> called me the first year. They called me coach Jazzy J. So, you know, oh. just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this, oh, right. this mustache isn't a thing that I keep year round. It's something that I grew up for. I started doing it last year for the cross country season. And then twice during the cross country season, I dye it this color. I dye it blue for two key races. And so I'll dye it again next, next weekend for the state meet. And then I'll shave it all off. Oh, wow. Do they, yeah. do they know who Steve Prefontaine is? No, probably not. Definitely. Oh, you got yeah. to tell them. You got to tell them who that was. That that should be like part of cross country running. It should anything. be. You, you have to start with that movie. Yep. Yeah. Both for of sure. them. Play all three of them back to back. Maybe even sprinkle some McFarland in there. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watch that. <laughs> yeah. That is a good one. So yeah. let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's back up, then and let's talk a little bit about. You know, we've went through Dirt Circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you said your goal is to get to bigs, which I think that's your still you're going to be your goal for next year, right? Like you want to you want to go to bigs. I mean, I do want to go to bigs. I uh, yeah, 20, 2024 is the individual. Uh, no, it's the team championship. So uh, a win at OBU gets you in, regardless. It's a silver ticket race. Um, yeah. A win at Capital Backyard uh, gets you in, regardless. Uh, but it, it's such a logistical challenge. We have four boys here and planning to go to a race and telling and, and setting all the things in place saying, I might not be back Wednesday. I might not be back there. It's, it's, it's tough. And, um, it, 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 it adds a yeah. And so I don't know, I do bigs is still Jess probably won't let me let it go. Um, she, you know, it would be great to go back to OBU and defend my crown. You guys got me intrigued about that uh conquer that the conquer race uh oh, yeah. in late january so yeah. I, i'm not really sure what the future holds when it comes to racing but uh it's still it's still it's still a goal to get to obu i mean not obu but bigs um so we'll, we'll see it's still up in the air right now yeah, i'm just would... having fun enjoying running without a focus well, I, I I think definitely you should not give up on it because I mean you you've put too much time and effort into the backyard yeah. ultras. I mean, Ohio this year you finished with what two? Me and Matt were talking about this earlier. I couldn't remember two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty yards, fifty three yards, so like two two twenty two two something low two twenty. Yeah, I think yeah. it was two twenty two when I when I was looking at it. So were you, you know, just like in in that race? Which it was extremely cold. I've, I've never yeah. so I ran this race too. I was there with Josh, and and this is by far the coldest weather I've ever ran in in my life. Uh, how did you deal with that? Because I didn't. Like I could not <laughs> stay warm. I was in blankets. I was wrapped up in a gas, you know, wrapped around a gas fire pit with a blanket, you know, just like all around it, trying to stay warm. And I mean, by the time the morning got there, I had just just depleted everything just from all the shivering and, and trying to get warm. And I just never worked out for me, but you seem to manage it really well. I don't know if, you know, if you're used to the cold weather or you were just, you had a strategy, I obviously didn't have a good strategy because it didn't work for me. I was, I was yeah. gone after a hundred and something miles, you know? So. Uh, yeah, I, I like running into the cold. Like I'll go out when it's any temperature, as long as I have the right gear, it's not a problem for me uh, in the cold. If it's hot, I hate it. But when it's cold, I'm okay with it. And one of my philosophies when it comes to backyard ultras is uh, take everything you own, you know, and that's what we do. Like I took all of my running gear because I would hate to be out there, especially with the goal of winning it or going as far, you know, as you can and get knocked out because you don't have the right gear. So I yeah. think it was below 20 both those nights. And, you know, I was in – you know, tights, shorts, all the things, triple layer shirts, double gloves, face mask, beanie. Um, so I had all the gear. The hard, the hard part was the 10 minutes in between the loops when it, you I mean, you just got so cold. Yeah, I would be sweating so bad coming into the end of that lap, that 10 minutes, I just froze to death. So by the time I started the next lap, you know, you're just over there just jackhammering because you're yeah. so cold. Yeah, it was a challenge, you know, the, the, the nipples on the bottles froze, any kind of like lar bars was a, was a fuel I was eating, but it was, they were rock solid. So, um, really had to find something that worked that you could take on the run with you. 
Um, so that was a challenge. Yeah, I felt sorry for uh, Kyle Calvis. He was there and his water jugs froze. That's so he couldn't yeah. even make water at that point, you know, and I was like, we were trying to help him figure figure out how to get it melted. But um, I mean, it, it was ridiculous. I think I think with the windshield, it was thir- windshield. It was 13 degrees that night. Yeah, that's nuts. And then, uh, and then we got the surprise of the guy in the chaps. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, that was I mean, it's always it's always good to have stuff like that. There was a guy where we're on the road section and there's literally a guy completely naked and the only thing he's wearing was chaps and he had string lights wrapped around him and he was out there yeah. dancing oh well this was like what midnight yeah it was I mean, late it was... for sure it was a, it was a great it was a great time it was a great pick me up for for all the rest oh, yeah. so yeah we, but what was bad we were all so tired nobody talked about it we all just laughed and we kept running and no one said a word <laughs> well um well, I mean, that race turned out well for you. Um, so you were 220 miles. Um, I didn't see who who finished with you. So who was uh, who who was the last person with you that was going the whole time? Uh, Dave. Oh, man, his last name escapes me now. Um, I can't remember what his last name is, but his first name's Dave. Matter of fact, he just got done right after he used he was using OBU as a way to train for like a cross country run. Oh, wow. Kwiatowski? That it? Dave Kwiatowski? Yeah. 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 He was, he was Hmm. a great guy to talk to and run with him and his, him and his dad was running the race together. His dad uh, bowed out a little bit earlier, Uh, but yeah, he was using that race to do a run from like San Francisco to Florida or somewhere on the other, on the East coast. That's a a very long run. Yeah. So he, uh, he definitely got the assist with you. And then it looks like Kentucky last hole standing. So that's where I actually met Josh at. That was, I think both of our yep. very first backyard yep. ultras. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a Will Rivera puts on that race. He does. Yeah. From running souls out of E-Town. Yep. Yep. Uh, but that was a really well put on race, but Josh won it too. Um, so that's two backyards. And then you went to B or uh, to Bob's. Yeah. <laughs> that did that how did that one was that so so you got like two really good backyards and then yeah. you had bob so was it was it the heat no. like did you do the opposite or was it just a bad day no i came into it with some kind of stomach bug uh it was like oh. a it, it was going around the whole cross-country team the parents were getting it and it was like this weird 10-day bug like i wasn't sick to my stomach but i um was having uh, uh, like digestive issues and it was just not going well. And I felt like I was running with a bowling ball in my stomach almost the whole race. And then every wow. lap I was spending time in the port uh, And so it just, it did not go well. Yeah. And that race is usually hot too. So that probably didn't it, help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It got really hot. Yeah. Well, it looks like you've got some uh, pretty, pretty accomplished races behind you. I mean, just looking through your list, you were first place at the dirt circuit, first place at Ohio's backyard, second place the year before at Ohio's backyard. So you were the assist, uh, Kentucky lasso standing first place, Georgia death race. Looks like you were 16th overall. That's a, that's, that's a pretty hard race. I mean, it's definitely got some elevation. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty good time. 
Indiana Trail 100, sixth place. Breaks 45 milers, sixth place. Shawnee, first place. I mean, you, you've definitely got some races behind you. The Yeti 100, uh, second place, 17 I'm going hours. Back to so that. I'm going back to that race. Are you, gonna, are you going back to Yeti? Yeah, I want to run. The... I want to run sub. I don't know if it's possible sub sixteen, but um, it's it's kind of a goal of mine. Well, let's see. You ran Yeti in twenty eighteen. I mean, you've probably came a long way since then. So I would say that's pretty doable. If you need if you need some crew guys, just let us know. We're not Jess, but we'll try. We're good at the running part. We can run with you. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you need pacers there we go we'll yeah. split it up with you keep you keep you moving at absolutely night. let's go so so what's the goal in 2024 then like so you, you're kind of on the fence with bigs but do you have a an a race already picked out like what do you what are you leaning towards yeah, i have ideas i don't have any races yet so i mean bigs is bigs is one of those goals uh, running a fast 100 miler is still something a faster 100 miler is still something that i want to do and then now, uh, you know, seeing the one, you know, feeling what the 122 was in 24 hours, the the 24 hour endurance team, it's a ways away. Like 145 is the qualifier. I think 153 or 55 is the the fifth place runner on that team right now. So I don't know. It might kind of intrigues me to see if I can't go for a distance like that in 24 hours. Yeah, um, that's definitely something. I've been looking at myself as the 24 hour track race, but I'm, I'm really drawn to the Southern States 200. Oh yeah. So I, that does look I cool. Years, I think I'm going to run that uh, for 2024. I think that's yeah. going to be my goal, but the track race is definitely something I've been interested in too. But I mean, you're what you did at dirt circuit. Um, I mean, that would apply to a track pretty easily. Oh Yeah with the pace you were already running. I mean, the difference is, you know, just as well as I do with the track, you've got that constant lean and you're on yeah. asphalt the whole time or, you know, some type yeah. of, of composite track. And it's, and it's the same motion over and over and over. Yeah, it's not mechanically. Yep. Like a trail, you know, you can, you can, you're hiking a little bit downhills and stuff, but on that track, it's the same repetitive motion over and over. And it, it, it was yeah. tough when I did my 100 there. It was, it, it wasn't fun. Yeah, when I went into Yeti, that was one of my biggest concerns was because uh, that same year I did MMT, Massanutten, which is completely different than Yeti. And I was worried about biomechanically breaking down way sooner because you don't yep. get to change your gait. It's it's all running. It's all on rails and trails. You know, there, there's not much walking. There's not much changing of your gait, missing routes or anything like that. Yep. Yeah, and you you feel that race for days. Oh yeah, when it's like that, I mean, it's something that uh, it's a different type of hurt for sure. Well, like you can, I can go do a a fast fifty k, and you know it doesn't hurt that it hurts, but it doesn't hurt that bad. But then when I get done with the marathon, it's like I can oh, barely God. walk walk for three <laughs> days. It's like yeah, no it's, it's crazy, the difference that you feel. So so I want to ask you a, qu a couple questions real quick. Um, especially for, you know, some of the people that's listening, because some of the, some of the crew that's listening to this are newer runners that's listened to our podcast. Uh, so like take Micah, for instance, you, you got mm -hmm. to spend a lot of hours with Micah and for Micah to go from, from 40 miles 
to 90 miles and let's say like that's your athlete what what advice could you give someone that's trying to get into ultras or get into their first 12 or 24 hour race like uh you know that's some of the questions we get asked is like you know what type of training should i do or you know how do i how do i keep running you know that's some of the questions we get too is like you know if i'm doing a 12-hour race or i'm doing a 24-hour race i usually at some point i can only the last half of it or the last third of it i'm walking Uh, what advice or training i mean what kind of tips would you give these newer runners that's getting into this you know even like micah 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 did an amazing job but michael walked a lot you know and like for that transition to start happening into to running longer and longer what what advice do you have for the listeners yeah i mean so first off i i would say to anyone who hasn't done an ultra you can do one like i i truly believe that there's everybody in this world can do an ultra right it, it's about proper training uh, and leading up to a race but without a doubt anyone in this world can do an ultra marathon so uh, the thoughts that go through a bunch of people's heads that I, I can't do that, I think is, is a total fallacy and, and, uh, you know, with proper training, you can, Yeah. the, you know, the, the training leading up to it, it's, it's about doing it, doing it smartly. It's about giving yourself plenty of time to, to build up to whatever race you're talking about. If you're going from, uh, you know, I, I've trained someone from a marathon directly to a hundred miles before. Right. But we've we've done that. Obviously, he ran a 50K and a 50 miler during training, but he didn't do any races before that. But we had time. We had plenty of time to build up the training properly, do it slowly. I love to run. Right. That's why I coach. That's why I'm involved in it. And I train. I want you know to train myself in a way that promotes longevity. So I can continue to do this for as long as I want to. And that's one of my philosophies with coaching is that I train my athletes in the same manner. Yes, we can achieve these or strive to achieve these really high goals, but we're going to do it in a way that's smart. It's going to keep you running. We're not just going to beat our heads against the wall, get you through the race, and then you're going to be injured. I want you coming back you know, after you're recovered and able to train some more with a lot more base behind you. No, that's, that's great advice. That's um, do you, I would assume that that training is probably applies to all your runners, but like ultra runners, you're probably working more on endurance. Whereas like your cross country team, you're probably focused on speed. So does that, do you break that down differently with them and how you apply those techniques? Yeah. I mean, the cross country runners are completely different because it's K through five. You know, regardless of what some of the parents think, yeah, whatever the, regardless of what their parents think, like they're there to have fun. I'm there to foster their love for running. We're not making superstar athletes in elementary school. Okay. So, um, I want them, we have a 93 kids on the team and I want every single one of them to choose to continue to run on their own. Right. Not, you know, some of them are there because their parents want them there and you can quickly tell who that is, but, uh, I've converted a lot of runners who've been told to go to cross country to now I want to, because yeah. it is, it's about having fun with them. It's about, we're going to put in work. We're going to do hard stuff, 
but you also have to uh, make sure that they're having fun when they do it. So that's completely different for for that group. Um, for ultra runners, we still want to have fun when we do it. If we're not having fun, we're probably doing something wrong. Uh, but let's be honest, right? In a four-month, six-month training block, there's going to be periods where it's just going to suck. You're not going to yeah. want to go run. Uh, you, you know, I do a lot of my training solo, and that's okay for me. But for some people, it's really hard. Yeah, that's about how we do our training. Most of it's solo, and then we try to get maybe once a week. We try to like a couple of us get together and actually go yeah. do a run together. But it's yeah, it's mostly solo. Yeah. yeah, I almost, you know, and we're we're all different, and I, I know I'm definitely different there, uh, but I prefer to run by myself. Yeah, you know, even in races, uh, you know, sometimes me and Matt will run the same same last man standing races, and I just can't stand to be behind somebody messing up my gait, so I have to yeah. kind of move and get around them so I can run. And uh, people will be like, look at Matt, like, where's he going? He's like, I hate him to run. Yeah, like we did Elsie yeah. at the beginning of the year. And David, you know, he was coming off rhabdo and uh, oh, well, he yeah. took off. He took off for the first, what, I don't know, hour, two hours. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the people that were running, like, why is he in such a hurry? I'm like, he hates being behind people. He <laughs> hates it. I said, once it starts thinning out, he'll, he'll drop back and fit in. I said, but he hates all these people, you know, because once you get in certain sections, you're bundled up. And yep. you, you're climbing or whatever, and you're just stuck. So, uh, yeah. and that's where you know, like what you're talking about, like some runners need somebody, and mm. some prefer to be by themselves. And I mean, I if I run with somebody, unless it's someone like Matt or Mike or someone that's you know used to running longer distance at that pace, yep. I would just prefer to kind of be by myself because it's kind of like my mindfulness that's my release to get away from everything without running i would probably go crazy oh i definitely you know so and and i don't know how that is for you if you prefer to run with people or without but it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see because just like you said some people have to have that group to push them yeah yeah i mean the accountability is huge uh for one like so when those when it's you're in that period of of training program where it's just hard to get out for a run it's always easier when you know someone's standing at the trailhead waiting on you, right? So I'll yeah. say that, but I'm with you, David, like running uh, by myself, I'm totally okay with it. At last, no, at Kentucky Last Soul, you know, we had that big grassy opening field. Um, I was always out in front there uh, because th it's the same thing. Like I was walking the ups and walking some of the downs and would get past, but then uh, I was able to run a little bit faster on the flats. And it just bugged me to say on your left or, or you know, come, you know, behind you every, cause we were always leapfrogging each other. So I just made the decision just to go out early and get ahead of a bunch of people. And I wouldn't see many people uh, until, you know, maybe the last mile. So I get it. I'm the same way. I think me and you are very similar because even, I think there was like maybe five people left in that race. That's when I finally met you. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, never yeah. the whole time. Like we were yeah. both just trying our distance from everybody so like when there was like four or five people around we're kind of looking at each other then like who's this guy yeah i've not seen him Start eyeball eyeballing people that's right um that was that was that was fun though but uh okay so you got your cross-country runners you got your endurance runners do you coach a lot of marathon runners too 
Uh, no, I mean, I coach a lot of ultra runners, uh, you know, that, you know, like I'm coaching a person for the rock and rock and roll Houston marathon currently, you know, so I do coach marathon runners, but mostly ultra runners. Do you, do yep. you work with them on their nutrition too? Uh, I do. Absolutely. The, the, you know, sports nutrition comes along with it. Like you have to, especially with ultra running, you have to train the gut. You have to figure out what's going to work for you during training. So it doesn't bite you in the butt during the, mar- or during the ultras, right? It's an eating yep. competition with a little bit of running. Right? We've, we've all heard that. And it's true. You need to eat when you're running an ultra marathon and you need to figure out what's going to work for you, how many calories you can take in, how much sodium you need, all of those things during training. You I know, hope you guys are listening. He's giving you free advice right now. <laughs> and and, and, and the, on top of that. The, the sodium thing, I, it took me a while to figure out yeah. that uh, I was always below on the sodium and uh, I would cramp up and, and just bonk a lot. Until I until I finally figured that out during training and racing enough, I'll figure it out. I got to have sodium, but yeah. On top of the race nutrition, though, um, you know that's you know if we're running, even if we're running seven days a week, our sports nutrition accounts for ten percent of our diet. You know, over the whole yeah. week. So what we're eating ninety percent of the time is our daily nutrition, and to me, that's way more important. That has a way bigger effect on how we perform day in and day out. So I also help my athletes with their, their daily nutrition as well. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. It is, but I enjoy it. It, it and it's, it's really super simple. Once you break it down, uh, it's not about counting macros. It's not about counting calories unless, unless you're, you know, super low or super high, then we have some problems, but, um, most, People are super low when we're talking about ultra runners. You know, you're always trying to get more people to eat more food. Um, but then it's just about eating real food. You know, you can enjoy the pizza and the beer and all, all the other things sometimes, but majority of times, just eat real food. So is is uh, is the coaching, is that your, like, main thing that you do? Or do you get, like, a another job or whatever? Yeah, so I'm still active duty in the military. I've been in... Yeah. I've been in 22 years. I've started the coaching business in 2016 as of kind of to make a bridge, right? So when I do retire from the Coast Guard, um, you know, the boat's closer to the dock. I don't have to make as big of a leap and uh, I can make that transition uh, a little bit easier. Gotcha. Well, you've definitely, you know, the good thing is, is you've definitely built a resume to show what your training can do. And I mean, you probably, you obviously have some successful athletes as long as you've been coaching and coaching 90 children has to, (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, obviously you're you're a pretty successful coach. So um, if people wanted to reach out to you about coaching advice or, you know, even looking for a, a personal trainer slash coach uh, or nutrition, mm-hmm. how would they get a hold of you? Like, what would be the best way to contact you? Yeah, uh, I'm, Four Cycle Runner is my coaching business. It's the number four cycle runner. Um, and so Instagram, um, my, my uh, Facebook page or uh, fourcyclerunner.com is my website. Uh, but uh, honestly, though, you, you talked about, you know, giving free advice. That's what it's about. It's about being able to share uh, advice to those people that uh, don't want to reach out for a coach or, or yeah. have questions. It's it's about sharing all that advice. So, um, yeah, Instagram is where I post most of my things anyways. 
Well, you know, it, it, you know, the good thing about like ultra running is the community, just like you, like if someone reached out to you for advice, you're probably going to give them advice and that little bit of advice, they're never going to forget. Oh yeah. Six months later, they're going to be like, Oh, that guy gave me this, you know, and it eventually leads to a relationship that, that you're never probably going to forget and may even lead to you coaching them, you know, and that's, that's what I love about ultra running is it's, it's, it's such a tight knit family. I mean, because there truly aren't a whole lot of ultra runners. If you think about it, most of us know other ultra runners in other States. And that's usually who's, who are, are our friends on Facebook. So yep. for the newer people getting in to running, you know, like being able to get that advice. I mean, I have one gentleman uh, who's running no business. You know, I'll be talking to him later this week just uh, to give him drop bag advice. You know, like that's, yep. That stuff I can do, but like for coaching, I, I'm not going to step into that realm. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll leave that to, you know, you and Mary and the experts. But, um, you know, that's what I love is like, I have never reached out to an ultra runner and been told, oh, no, I ain't got time for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I love. Like, I mean, I've seen that from you at races where you're trying to help other runners. I've seen you talking to other runners, you know, even like, lapping runners you're still talking to them and you're forming a relationship and people don't forget that and and that is the thing that i love the most about ultra running and you're you're building a large family just with your athletes and your coaching and you know i can tell from your personality your athletes probably follow you to a t you know as far as what you're asking them to do because i mean your resume speaks volumes yep. as to what your training does so I would love to, you know, as we progress, if I see, you know, people that need coaching or anything, you know, I'll reach out to you and, and pass them Absolutely. along to you or Mary, you know, because I think having good coaches that you can pass people along to, it speaks volumes to this sport, you know, yeah. because we need coaches that aren't just worried about winning, you know, like yeah. it's, like you said, you're, you want people to be healthy and sustain being able to stay in that, you know, in this. Yeah. So talking about, talking about being a, a community, I, this last weekend I was in um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, at the, the first ever ultra running coach coaches conference. It was put on by uh, USCA and USCA is a, a certification body that I have my, ultra running coaching certification through and it was i don't know there's probably 50 of us there um all ultra running coaches some some pts that are coaches some that are part of our coaching group some that coach are like myself they just coach on their own and i mean talk about being feeling like you're at home you know what i mean everyone like-minded trying to uh do it the right way and uh, stay educated about uh, coaching and the methodologies and some of the fallacies about, you know, what we hear in running and some of the, the new science behind it. So it was, it was super neat being there. So that was all for coaches. Uh, yep. All for coaches. Oh, that's pretty cool. So did you know a lot of the coach coaches there? Uh, you, you know, of people like, um, uh, CTS is a, a, a big conglomerate of coaches, uh, so like Jason Coop was there and a bunch of uh, his CTS coaches, uh, Uphill Runners, which is another group of coaches were there um, and some other names that uh, I was aware of. Uh, Relentless Forward Commotion 
uh, she, she was there. She's, uh, she's big in the, the strength portion of running and she also coaches runners as well. So. See, that's pretty awesome. I mean, even the coaching or the coaches, you know, it's, it's just that community. Yeah. It just, that's the, the thing that drew me, you know, I went, I went to my first trail race and got kind of hooked, but then when I've done yeah. my first ultra, I was like, Oh, I, I love this. It's just so laid back, you know, like people were finishing a race and opening a beer and I was like, people actually talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. When I first started running, uh, back running before I started running with these guys, East Coast Adventures, I would go to some of the the road races, and they would just stare at you. Yeah, and uh, like, well, you don't fit in with us. Who are you? And you do the race, and you get done, and they're like, "Yep, don't know who you are." Going, and then you start running like trail races and ultra races, and they're like, "Hey, hey, you know, great, great job, blah blah blah." You get done, and they're talking to you. This your first one. How you doing? You like it? And it was completely different vibe from the road to the trail. Yeah. But now I think we, um, the races that we put on, I think a lot of it has crossed. So you got a lot of the road runners coming over to trail. So now it's like a mixture, which is really cool to see that they're actually um, trying something different. Yep. So Josh, we've got uh, some questions from listeners. As long as Matt doesn't lose the list. <laughs> right here on my Instagram. We'll have more. There we go on this part i think uh we've actually got uh some of them already uh, answered like what was your training plan you've already covered that uh did you have any lows we've already covered that uh here's one um that i don't think we have what was the highlight of the race of the dirt circuit uh so it, it highlighted twice for two, two different reasons. Right after it was the same, it was the same situation, uh, the same um, scenario. But uh, that little girl that was standing in the front of the starting line, yep. right before the you know she's part of a relay team. Uh, she was trying to talk to her mom about saying they they couldn't hear each other. She said something about who who's number two, who's the second relay, and the mom's like are you asking me, am I'm the second relay? And she's like, no, who, who's it is? Who, who's, who's it going to be? And the mom's like, oh, I'll just find out. I have time. And she's like, no, you don't. Like, I'm going to run this really fast. You better find that out quickly. It was, <laughs> it was the best way to start a race. Um, and then again, at the end of the race, um, when the photos released, who was the photographer? Nick, Nick Morgan. Nick. Yeah, he took some amazing photos, but that he took a photo of that girl standing there, right? She's waist high of everyone else around her, but it, that that like tells the story of of trail and ultra running right there. You know, not that we have kids doing ultra events, but we can have kids standing at the at the start line of an ultra event like that, and it just it just amazes me that it's acceptable. It's it's totally fine. Uh, everyone was on, you know, it was just so cool to see. And that picture is amazing. Yes. I saw where you, uh, you had shared that and, yeah. and you made a statement about, you know, it was awesome stuff that it was, she, she looked excited the whole time. All those little kids yeah. did. I mean, they were fast too. Yeah. There was one kid that ran that loop in 23 minutes. Oof. And I mean, yeah, the so that was the 12 hour relay that was the romas i think maybe i don't know Dirty but Bird, but they had some they uh, weren't ready for him when he got back some of the <laughs> little kids i think one of them said i think they were just running by themselves i don't think they were on a some of them weren't even on a relay team 
and they they ran a lot of miles they did like uh i think the mom did the 12 hour or i think they all did the 12 hour and uh they were talking excited like how many miles you do how many miles you do yeah and that's cool to see that you know the little kids are looking forward you know how many miles did i get you know it, it excites them instead of them just like oh mom's making me run again while we're out here yeah you know, they were excited about it and that was really cool yeah i uh, i i shared uh a half a lap with a kid named boone his dad uh was trying to get in I think 50, 53 miles or something. Uh, I came up behind him and he, he was running with his dad. And I, I, I said to his dad, I said, you must be having a great time. And he said, he said, uh, best day of my life, which, which was amazing response. But then his son left him and, and was running with me oh, I from remember that. the backside of the course, all the way up to the finish. And we chatted the whole way. And he was telling me how, how many laps he's done. And, and I asked him if, if he runs cross country and he said, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to start next year, you know, which, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, so that, that moment was cool too, sharing, you know, that mile and a half with Boone from, uh, you know, on one, just one random lap. He just happened to be out there with his dad. I remember his, awesome. his dad came in and he goes, he left me and went ran with him. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny when he came out, I was filling up his I bottle. Mean, who doesn't want to run with Prefontaine? Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> so the I got to keep the mustache. I know, right? The like, last question is uh with the big events that you do do and you know the time you're out there and all the training, how do you balance uh between family, running yeah, and uh and work? Yeah, I mean that's a that's uh that's a huge question. Um well so that and that's one of the biggest things that I like to sell as a as a coach is that you can you can balance uh active duty coast guard member right i have a coaching job i volunteer with uh, cross country we're opening up a crossfit gym we have four boys doing four different sports right we have all of these things uh but you still can find time to train for an ultra it doesn't have to take over your life right you can have your fitness can fit into your life it doesn't have to take over your life um, so that's, that's my soapbox spiel about that, but how do I do it? And it's, it's Jess, it's my wife. She, um, you know, it's a communication between her and I, she has her goals with, with CrossFit and, and starting her business there. And, uh, you know, we just manage it. Sometimes it's waking up early and getting a run in. Sometimes it's not getting a run in, even though it's on the calendar on the schedule. Um, and I'm okay with that because, my training doesn't take my life over. We make it fit into our life. Gotcha. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've said that a time or two before. It looks like you're pretty passionate about that. 100%. Anyone can run and train for a marathon or an ultra marathon. No matter how busy you are, it's possible. Well, and I mean, that's very true. You, you, fitness needs to fit into your life. It doesn't need to take yep. it over because some people can make it unhealthy. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So I think that's great advice. And I think that's a great answer. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And it sounds like you've said it a few times. So, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Josh, we don't really have anything else for no, you. No, I, I, no that pretty much question. covers all of our questions, but do you have anything you want to ask us? 
Uh, well, I don't know about a question. Or, or but... is there anything that we need to do better at Dirt Circuit next year? No. We, we realize <laughs> one thing. <laughs> uh, the porta potties, yeah. The porta johns could be a little bit closer. Uh, no, I mean I don't have any questions. Uh, you know, thanks for doing what you guys do. Right, it takes a, a ton to do. Uh, take bring all that gear out to remote locations and set it up and be able to do it in a way that felt seamless for me yeah. as a runner. You know, so uh, thanks for what you guys do. Uh, bringing uh having a venue to set up moments like i had with boone right to see uh, uh the, the the photographer taking a shot of that girl at the start line you know thanks for setting all that up well i gotta say nick is just absolutely oh, amazing um you know we're we're blessed in this region with some really talented photographers with you know you got nick misty um, actually, I mean, there's several that are really good and we're just lucky that, you know, they, they work our races and they have fun there. So right. I think out of all my photos, Nick has got at least a top 10 of my favorite pictures that is, is posted everywhere. It's, Nick does a great job and he actually cares, yeah. you know, he cares and he's not out there just for just, just to do it. He actually cares and he's a runner himself. So he knows the angles and all that stuff. Yeah. He's yeah, he had an Iron Man. Didn't he have an Iron Man or something the next day? What y'all say? Uh, no, he was taking pictures for the Iron Man. Oh, okay, that be, makes yeah, more that's, sense. That's Every time I passed him, middle yeah. of the night, because he had to be at Iron Man at like five or six in the morning. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, Mike's or uh, um, he, Nick is very talented. Yeah. So he's a very you know, <laughs> he's a good problem to have. Yeah, yep. he's uh he's requested a lot by some of the, some of the local races. So he he's constantly traveling around. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're blessed and, and, and thank you so much. I mean, I, we both just appreciate you coming yep. out here and that's why I was trying to get you to come out to dirt circuit to begin with. Cause I thought you would have fun. And also I thought you would, uh, you would be a really tough competitor, uh, out there. That's why I tried to get you Casey and a couple others and, and y'all made it fun. I mean, you, you all yeah, had a good fun. time and it was fun. And I mean, you, you earned a belt buckle, set the course record and, um, you know, we just, we love our runners and we love the ECA family. And yep. I mean, anytime that you want to come run with us, you please let us know, just reach out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Well, uh, this is Josh Laker. You can find him, like he said, on Instagram or Facebook Four. that is the number four cycle runner. Um, if you need coaching advice, help anything else, please reach out to him. Uh, he's a, he's an awesome ultra runner and a great person. And, uh, if you need crew advice, though, I'd talk to his wife. Yeah, yeah. 100%. She, she's, it's a package deal. She'll, you know, she'll uh, come in and uh, give some advice while I'm coaching. <laughs> there you go. See? Well, guys, it's Josh Laker. Josh, take care, man. Thank you so much for All being right. on. Thank you.